Welcome to the Corbin Warnock Podcast Show. Today we'll be talking about the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals and how the Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals, taking down the Clippers in Game 7. Alright, let's start off in what was an exciting Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Miami just took down the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks in the East Now we're facing a stacked Boston Celtics team. Bam Adebayo was one of five players in double figures in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. He scored 18 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. He was one assist away from a triple-double. Also, he was tied for the most assists in Game 1. When your team center has the most assists, you know he's doing something right, or the team's doing something right. Not only that, but he had the game-saving block in overtime on Jason Tatum. Goran Dragic was the leading scorer for Miami with 29 points, making plays when they needed it, along with Jimmy Butler and, of course, as mentioned right now, Bam Adebayo. The question is, can Miami keep this run up in their home state of Florida? We'll see. They took game one, and now there's at least a few more games to go. It could go game seven, but we'll see what happens. Alright, now moving over to the West, we have an exciting young Denver Nuggets team who play the Los Angeles Clippers, who many thought would make not just the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals because they signed Kawhi Leonard, two-time NBA champion, and Paul George an all-star. They made a bunch of moves this offseason to get Paul George, giving up their future to the Thunder in draft picks and players in Gallinari and future point guard Shai Gilgis-Alexander. They also signed one of the Morris brothers. However, they faced a Nuggets team who was hungry to make the NBA Finals. Nuggets were down 3-1 to the Clippers. The Clippers had a chance to close them out. And then in Game 7, Jamal Murray went off. He is a player who led the Nuggets past the Clippers, scoring 40 points. And of course, Nikola Jokic had a triple-double, 13 assists, 41 rebounds, and 16 points. A little credit to my dad over here. Murray is a rising star, and he literally carried the Denver Nuggets in Game 7 to a victory. Also, in the post-game interview after the game, Jokic said, It's simple, just effort and have fun, and that is their key to winning. They're the first team in history to overcome a 3-1 deficit, not once, but twice in the playoffs. Should the Lakers be worried or no? Only we will find out once the series begins. It's going to be a good series with matchups. So you will either go to game seven again or what will happen? The Lakers get swept. The Nuggets get swept. Nuggets or Lakers win 4-2. 4-1. We'll see what happens.
Alright, now moving on to football. Now that the football season started. And week one is officially over and, un- and in the books. I'll start off with my football rankings. I'll tell you my top ten. And I'll tell you in the top half, the teams who won. and the bottom half, teams who lost. Teams that lost, I'll tell you which team surprised me why they're down there. And in the top half, I'll tell you which team surprised me in winning and why they're there. So, for the top ten, here's my uh, rankings. And yes, I went in the first 16 are those won, and the last 16 are those who lost. And that's who I, that's how I believe the ranking should be. I have the Chiefs at one. At number two, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Number three, I have the Saints. Number four, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Then five, I have the Packers. At six, this is not a surprise to me, but to others, maybe, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I said Arizona Cardinals. And at seven, I believe this is a surprise to all of us, including me, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And somehow I just realized I have the Rams at eight despite they lost Todd Gurley to the Atlanta Falcons. The Steelers at nine, New England Patriots at ten, Raiders at eleven, Bears at twelve, Chargers at thirteen, Bills at fourteen, Titans at fifteen, and Washington at sixteen. Also, I will say the last 16 towards the end, and I will explain right now. The three teams to me that are surprising in the top 16 or top 10. My three teams that surprised me are the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals and Jacksonville Jaguars in the top 10. Top 10. Yes, I said top 10. Yes, I know I repeated myself. Alright, the reason I have the Jaguars there is because they let their running back, Leonard Fournette, go. Who was their workhorse in helping them gain yards. Not only that, they let Nick Foles, a Super Bowl championship, sign the Chicago Bears. Let me remind you, last year... He signed after winning Super Bowl, then he got hurt in the first game, and Gardner Minshew took over. The Jaguars are trusting in the players they have right now. Are they a future up-and-coming team? Alright. Now, on to the Arizona Cardinals. To me, this isn't a surprise. I didn't say it on my podcast, but I told friends... I believe they won the NFC West since the Rams and Niners let their stars go. The Rams let Gurley go, and the Niners let, I believe it is, one of the receivers go. Yes. It is. However, the Seahawks will compete with them despite losing Jadavion Clowney. However, don't forget, they did sign Jamal Adams and running back Carlos Hyde and tight end Greg Olson. Russell Wilson, despite throwing for less yards against the Falcons, he threw more touchdowns, throwing four of them, one of them to the new tight end, Greg Olson, one to DK Metcalf, 
and two to running back Chris Carson. Alright. Now on to the team, the bottom half of the teams, the 16 teams that lost. At 17, I have the Texans, 18, the Falcons, 19, the Buccaneers, 20, the Vikings, 21, the 49ers, Panthers, 22, Colts, 23, Dolphins, 24, Cowboys, 25, Broncos, 26, Bengals, 27, Jets, 28, Lions, 29, Eagles at 30, Giants, 31, and Browns, 32 at the bottom. So, yes, right now I have the Browns as the worst team in the league. Granted, it's only game one, and the Browns do play tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have their first-round pick, Joe Burrow, number one overall, and a team that should have beat the Chargers, but their kicker failed them in tying the game, and there was a missed call as well. So we'll see what happens. And stay tuned, because I will talk about the preview of that game shortly. Alright, the reason the Texans are 17, I would say they surprised me, but they played the defending champions, the Chiefs, who demolished them last year, and the Texans lost their star receiver in Hopkins. Alright, the Colts are a surprise, because they made all these signings to be Super Bowl contenders, and Philip Rivers, they drafted Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, yet they lost to a division opponent who got rid of their star players. Rivers threw for almost 400 yards. That is a lot of yards. Meanwhile, his opposing quarterback only threw for less of that, almost about half, yet the Jaguars still won. Minshew threw more touchdowns Hence, more points to score, better chance of winning. And Rivers had two interceptions, which, to me, was a difference maker. Had he, had those two interceptions been touchdowns, they would have at least won 34-27. Alright, as I mentioned the Seahawks earlier, now I'm going to mention the Falcons, Seahawks opponent. This game was a good game, and the Falcons have their defense back and their team back. And they have Gurley, despite losing their tight end, Austin Hooper, and possibly their running back, Devontae Freeman. And one of their defensive players this year, or a season ago, a couple seasons ago, Vic Beasley. Matt Ryan threw for more yards, which is great. All his receivers caught a, had a bunch of receiving yards. But Matt threw for less touchdowns, hence why they lost. Alright, now on to the Thursday night preview of week two of football. This is a game, in my opinion. Honestly, who's going to watch the Battle of Ohio in the Bengals and the Browns? Come on now. At first, I wasn't going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals because of their offense and Joe Burrow. And then I did my research and realized the Browns had the more skilled defense. To me, it's going to come down if the Browns can get stops. Can they get points on the offensive end? 
On defense, the Browns do have former Vikings free safety Andrew Sandejo, who is a physical safety and has a great at reading the quarterback. But does he have film on Burrow as his first year in the league and second game of the season? And former Raiders strong safety Carl Joseph is also physical. Looks like the Browns are going physical with safeties. The Browns have a good defense that can be great. Let's remember, both offenses are good. It will come down to which offensive line can protect their quarterback, running back. Not only that, which of these two quarterbacks who are good from the pocket and scrambling can improvise when the pocket collapses. Alright, I don't know if you guys want to hear my predictions for week two, but I'll tell you them anyways. So, for Thursday night's game in Cleveland, I have the Browns. Then on Sunday, I the Jaguars versus the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. Both teams have won. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will get their first win of the season against the new Panthers. Steelers and Broncos. I'm going with the Steelers. Eagles and Rams. I will come back to that because this game for me is difficult. Reason being, Philly doesn't have a good offensive line, yet one of their defensive players in Nicole Roby Coleman used to play the Rams and knows the Rams very well. Niners and Jets have the Niners because Le'Veon Bell's on IR. Buffalo and Miami. It's not a bold prediction, but to you it may be. I have the Dolphins getting their first one this season, game two against the Bills. Indy, Minnesota, close game. Indy comes out at top. Detroit and Packers. Packers win again. Falcons and Cowboys. This game is always good. We'll come down to both defenses because their offenses are questionable right now. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys at home. Giants and Bears. Going with the Bears despite them coming back and beating the Lions. Cardinals and Washington. Arizona because of Kyler Murray. Chargers and Chiefs. Chiefs just because of defending Super Bowl champions. Baltimore and Houston. Baltimore, despite losing Earl Thomas, because it's Baltimore. New England and Seattle. Yes, I'm a New England fan. And there's Seattle. However, Jamal Adams has played against New England, but has he played against Cam Newton? This will be an exciting game. Won't be the defenses. It'll be the offenses. And Seattle's at home. And there's no fans right now, supposedly. So this will be a good game. But Belichick usually knows what he's doing. We'll come back to that. Saints and Raiders. I have the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football against the Saints because Michael Thomas is out. Going back to Rams and Eagles. We go with the Rams. And Seattle, New England. Whew. Being unbiased right here. Ah, this is difficult. Both good offenses. Come down to which offense scores more points. Both quarterbacks are good at scrambling. When uh, Cam Newton was with the Panthers, him uh, against Russ was always good. Which defense is better? Go Seattle. Stay tuned. If you have any comments, questions, or want me featured on the Corbin Warnock podcast, just message me at Twitter at Corbin Warnock or find me on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.